Welcome aboard Imagination Skyway, your grand podcast tour of the magic. I'm your host, Matthew Krull, and in today's episode, we're going to recap our experience attending Oogie Boogie Bash at the Disneyland Resort. This year was the first time I had the opportunity to experience this event I had in the past. Of course, experienced Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party at Walt Disney World, and I had visited Disneyland during the Halloween season, but never attended their Halloween event. Oogie Boogie Bash is a fantastic experience, includes some unique offerings that you cannot find at Walt Disney World, not just because of the park that you're experiencing this event at, but also because of the Halloween offerings, and we'll talk about some of the specifics in this episode and some reasons why you should consider visiting Disneyland for the Halloween season on a future visit, and of course, consider attending this event. At the end of the show, we'll return to Imagination Central, where I'll share some ways in which you can stay connected with Imagination Skyway, how you can discuss this Halloween-inspired topic with other listeners in this community, and how you can help to support and inspire the future of this show. Please remain seated, keep your hands and arms inside the podcast at all times, and enjoy your Grand Circle Tour aboard Imagination Skyway. So we just returned from a trip to Disneyland, and it happened to be the first time I attended events I have been wanting to attend for a long time now, which is Oogie Boogie Bash at Disney California Adventure. I had heard so many wonderful things, seen so many incredible videos and photos from the events, and clearly wanted to go myself. And I fortunately had a great opportunity to do so with some family and extended group of friends who some of which are a part of our podcast episode today and you know both of them i first want to welcome back mike my cousin who's in i don't know you've been in like half the episodes this year <laughs> i i know i'm about to actually say that am i the most returning guest that you've had so far i you are yeah i think okay. you've beaten joanna i've beaten your wife <laughs> I, i'm i don't know uh how i feel about that <laughs> well since since having Maggie, it's hard for us to record a podcast episode at the same time. So right. clearly as the host of this podcast, well, maybe we should have Joanna do a takeover sometime and then I'll just sort of take a back seat and I'll watch Maggie and she can host a podcast episode. We'll try that one time. And um, then Joanna can inter have me as a guest. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, well, it's great to have you back. I'm also really excited to have Brian back. How are you, Brian? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. I don't remember the last time we had you on the show, but it was, I think, with Mike, and we were talking about, you could probably remember better than I can. Do you remember the last time you were on the show? I don't remember. It was probably one of our Star Wars or Marvel-related ones. Probably. That tends yeah, to be been... the ones that we're both on. Yeah, that could have been it. Um, that sounds familiar. I'll have to go back, and maybe the listeners know better than I do, but I'm excited to have you both here to talk about Oogie Boogie. This was a really amazing opportunity and I, we're going to talk a little bit about Boogie Boogie Bash itself, but I figured that we should also probably talk a little bit about the circumstances of this trip because it made for a unique experience. It made for a really fun experience. And we first found out about this, or I, I first found out about this in February. So, of course, I was really excited to, I think I booked my flight the next week 
uh, to to go once I I heard about this. So, um, well, Brian, maybe I'll turn this over to you because um, it's it's kind of fall focused around you this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you want to talk a little bit about the occasion that we had and this opportunity to go to Oogie Boogie? Sure. So, I'm getting married um, as of this recording in about three weeks. So, this was my bachelor party. So we decided to uh, kind of go all out and uh, we threw around some ideas, but a lot of us in the wedding party love Disney. I especially love Disney and uh, I'm also a DVC member like Matt is. And so there was an opportunity for us to not only go to Disneyland and do Oogie Boogie Bash, but also stay at the Grand Californian uh, Grand Villa. So it was a kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity for all of us. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. I'm sure that having the words bachelor party conjures a lot of images in the heads of those who are (laughs) listening. But I need you all to picture instead of that, just a Disneyland trip with friends. That is essentially what this was. Um, And that for me personally is much more my speed. So it was a (laughs) real breath (laughs) of fresh air to just have a fun little friends Disney trip. Um, to sort of celebrate uh, getting married in just a few weeks. So a lot of fun. Um, We'll talk a little bit about the specifics. Obviously, we'll talk about the Grand Villa. I don't think we're going to necessarily recommend that for everybody on every Oogie Boogie trip, but it's definitely something that made it memorable for us. Before we go into talking about some of the logistics around Oogie Boogie Bash, I want to start with some rapid fire questions. I've asked both of you these, I've asked both of you, I should say rapid fire questions before about your Disney favorites, but this is a Halloween themed episode. It's, it's debuting in October. The spirit of Halloween is all around us when this episode is out. So I wanted to ask some updated rapid fire questions since you are repeat guests that are Halloween focused. And I will throw in my answers too, because I will I know I throw a lot of questions out at guests, but I, I'm happy to uh, to add my favorites as well. I'm going to throw the first one over to Mike um, and ask your favorite Disney Halloween film. Ooh, favorite Disney Halloween film. It's funny because I've been on a binge lately of watching those type of films. I'm trying to figure out which one I There's really not a like. ton of them. But There's not a ton of them. Quite a few. And then what would you consider to be Halloween? Like, does it have to be like based around Halloween or can it be more of the it be spooky, horror? whatever you define it, anything you would want to watch. That's a Disney movie around the Halloween season. Let's just, let's put it that way. Well, you know what? The one that I haven't seen in a long time and I can't say it's my favorite because I haven't seen it in a long time is Halloween town. I always liked Halloween town. So whenever I think about that, I'll go that to there. Um, uh, you know what? Nightmare before Christmas. That's yeah, that, I mean, it's, uh, I, yeah, it's a, it's a classic. I thoroughly enjoy it. I've actually been intentionally waiting to watch that one until we get a little bit closer to Halloween because it gets me also into the mood of Christmas at the same time. So I've been intentionally holding that off. But I would say Nightmare Before Christmas would be my answer. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, how about you? I'm going to cheat a little, and this is not necessarily Halloween, but it's only Halloween time, and that's Coco. Oh, Coco is an excellent answer that i should have thought of and yes it is definitely i mean it's dia de los muertos so it's it's a few days after halloween but really that's a a kind of halloween inspired movie um or at least the season the halloween season so i totally agree with you there and even we'll talk a little bit about some of the coco influences at the disney parks during the halloween season as well um you know originally i was going to go with nightmare before christmas as well because it's really an old favorite of mine and Actually, we just showed Mike, you told I told you this when we were at Disneyland. So a quick little update. So the day before I left, 
I watched Nightmare Before Christmas with Maggie. I turned it on and I thought, you know, she's a year and a half. I don't know if she's really going to get into it. She sat and watched the whole thing. Apparently, while I was gone, Joanna watched Nightmare Before Christmas three more times with Maggie because she has to watch it again and again and again. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) she loved the songs. And I'm not surprised that the music Mm -hmm. in Nightmare Before Christmas is great. So she knows who Jack is. So now she can point out Jack. Um, My... I'm going to say my modern favorite, though, is actually Muppet Haunted Mansion, which I don't know. If that was great. great movie. Choice. It's like it's a short it's sort of a short film, but um, there's so many. It just has the perfect blend of Halloween Muppets, Disney classic Easter eggs. You've got even some you've got Kim Irvine, um, one of the Imagineers, uh, actually in her mom was Leota Tombs, the Madame Leota um, in the Haunted, Muppet Haunted Mansion film. So that i had to put as my answer but i was i was leaning towards nightmare before christmas but i had a feeling one of you was going to say that <laughs> um all right in the same realm of films um i'll just go back and forth between the two of you so brian i'll throw this one over to you first this is not necessarily halloween themes but it does tie into oogie boogie bash when it comes to disney villains do you have a favorite disney villain Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Scar. I mean, I love I'm Lion King, and Scar, Scar is just an incredible villain, very very smart, and I think one of the smartest villains that Disney has. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Scar. Yeah, absolutely brilliant, uh, scary genius villain. Mike, how about you? Instead of favorite, can I go with the, what I think is the creepiest villain? Well, okay, I know where you're going with this. Go ahead. <laughs> I I would say Frollo from Hunchback yep. of Notre Dame. <laughs> as soon as you said creepiest, I knew exactly where you were going. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he going back, I think, three, four years now in our Disney villains, this or that episode, he was crowned the most villainous Disney villain in our bracket. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm not surprised. Not many redeeming qualities in that character. My favorite is Hades. Ooh, the combination of humor um and some you know he's got a villain he's definitely got a villain this side but he's one of those villains that you still love at the same time <laughs> mostly just he's he's a very funny villain um, we're so clearly like uh disney renaissance fans here i think with the exception yes. of pocahontas we have all three back to back to back in there oh, that's true <laughs> <laughs> well then <laughs> um and I could have said, you know, Gaston. We could have gone a number of different ways. True. Um, Very true. Ursula is right, also a good one, too. Yeah. All right. So now we have, we have uh, you know, sort of middle of the road um, in terms of, like, potential answers. Those are two questions that you had a lot of choices, but not uh, a ton of choices to choose from. Um, this one is very limited. Um, so we might have all the same answer, but I'd like to ask it anyway. It's more focused on the parks. Um, your favorite. I'm going to pose this question in a different way your favorite attraction to ride during the Halloween season. So it doesn't have to be necessarily a Halloween ride because there's a limited number of those, but what you think is sort of like the best attraction to ride during the Halloween season. So Mike, I throw this one over you first. This is somewhat cheating, but ghost galaxy. Oh, well that, that counts. It's a Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so for context, that is, a version of Space Mountain that they'll do usually will do every single year in Disneyland that is a different rendition of the attraction where this is more that you're being haunted by this nebulous ghost and it basically chases you as you ride 
the attraction. So uh, that always is really, really cool to do during the Halloween season. So and they do it specifically just for the Halloween season. So go say Ghost Galaxy off of uh, Space Mountain. Yeah, this year, instead of doing Ghost Galaxy, they decided to do a refurb. So <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> I was disappointed. They like uh, that was the scarier part, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, Space Mountain is closed. Oh, it's terrifying. No. Um, Ghost Galaxy is a really scary attraction. Um, like if you've got little kids riding Space Mountain, first of all, the beginning is pitch black, um, even going up the main lift hill. But then you have this. You're right, Mike. This nebulous ghost galaxy that's chasing you throughout the attraction with their Disneyland has more projection screens that are embedded into the attraction. So you get this this ghost following you around and you have this haunting um, synth soundtrack to go along with it as well. So if you haven't seen it, it's really hard to visually see in a YouTube video, but you could still catch the projections and hear the music and it's pretty creepy. Um, so really good answer. Brian, how about you? I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy Monsters After Dark. Um, I, I can't say that I'm a huge fan of the uh, the overlay that they've done with uh, now it's Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout over Tower of Terror. I'm still a huge fan of Tower of Terror, um, but I think what they did with the the Halloween version, the Monsters After Dark is really good. They transform the queue to a point where it's just kind of very creepy and it really gets you in the mood. And then the ride itself is uh, is is both a combination of fun and creepy at the same time and scary. So uh, I now i'm a huge fan of that ride i think we'll we'll definitely talk about that attraction um since it is a big part of okie boogie bash and i obviously am not i didn't ride it with you but i i think that's a really great answer um see part of me wants to go back and say alien encounter but that doesn't exist anymore um and i, I honestly that's probably even too scary for me as an adult to ride um because i am a a scary cat my 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 uh scare tolerance is at like spooky is about my my scare tolerance if it's past spooky i don't like it <laughs> um but uh you know I, I almost i need to throw an honorable mention to tower of terror just because even just walking through the queue itself if again i don't ride it but walking through the queue in the pre-show in the boiler room itself or just listening to the key music is is a uh, sort of a stellar um hollow it always puts me that's what i put on when i want to get in the halloween spirit is the tower of terror music loop um but uh and i sh we should have said tower of terror for halloween movies too that would have been that's a really <laughs> really good halloween movie as well um but my actual answer is the haunted mansion i have to give the the classic answer because i can actually experience it without getting motion sick and um you know tempting to say haunted mansion holiday but i think even just the classic haunted mansion um is even better Haunted Mansion holiday since it ties us from Halloween to Christmas. It's a really cool Christmas overlay as well for Haunted Mansion and Disneyland, but um, I'll go with Haunted Mansion. Uh, all right, we have one more question to go through. This is now the most general um, of choices or questions that I can ask. But since Oogie Boogie Bash does involve a whole lot of treats and snacks and candies, Brian, I'll throw this one over to you as well. Thinking about, you know, as a kid going around door to door or even just as an adult going to your favorite place to grab a Halloween snack. What is your favorite either candy or snack for the Halloween season? Oh, that is a tough one. I'm going to have to go with Snickers. That's just always been my one of my go to favorite candy bars. And uh, as, as a kid. 
every time we would go through, um, you know, obviously Mike and I are brothers. So we grew up going trick or treating together and we would go, we would have our uh, pillowcase full of candy. We'd go through it and rummage through, okay, what do we have? And every time I found a Snickers, I was always very, very happy. Especially when there was yeah. the large ones. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. Like that was when, when you knew you're getting the large ones, you knew that was the right house. <laughs> <laughs> they were really nice. Instead of the you know, the bite sized ones, you got like a full size Snicker bar. Oh, that was the best. And this is how we know how we're related, because that's usually the candy I like to pull out the most from. It's between that and M&M's in my and my candy bowl, the two that I like the most. Um, Mike, how about you? That's my answer too. I can't like think of the another Snickers? one. Oh yeah, it's got to be the Snickers. That that is definitely the same same reaction. Like you get those full size Snicker bars, like that is that is totally the best. If I was going to go with another one though, I would, I would say outside of M and M's, I would say Skittles. I always like the Skittles too. If I was going to give a different answer from those two, Skittles yeah, would be are... my favorite non chocolate. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's a great way to put it. Um, I'm actually gonna go beyond that and um you know you're not going to get this in a uh a trick-or-treat um bowl but the anything that's like a pumpkin flavored pastry of some kind is cool. is really my favorite so um i'm a little disappointed that starbucks got rid of the pumpkin scone this year admittedly that was always my favorite um but even just like a piece of pumpkin bread or um your mom actually used to make pumpkin squares. She might still make pumpkin squares, but now I don't benefit from them because I live, you know, 3000 miles away. But um, those were always fantastic. And I know those were more for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but uh, I um, I love anything sort of pumpkin. Are you sure it wasn't your mom that was making those pumpkin squares? I don't remember who was making those pumpkin squares. Was it my mom? I feel like it was your mom. Brian, do you? I think it was our mom. Was it our mom? Maybe it was our mom. I think with I still the, have uh, cream the recipe cheese frosting her. on it. Yeah, yeah the, the cream cheese frosting. My mom yeah. made the um, sweet potato pie. That's right. That's and right. Rainbow cookies. Both orange, but rainbow different flavors. The jam. <laughs> right there was the rainbow cookies. That's more of the holiday season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so there are many reasons to visit. Just speaking about Disneyland and uh, this, I think, gave us a good sort of appetizer to now work into the the meat of this episode. Um, you know, Oogie Boogie Bash is just one of a few reasons I think it's worth visiting Disneyland for the Halloween season. And I say this because I, this is my first year going to Oogie Boogie Bash, but I've always loved going to Disneyland for the fall. Um, and we could talk about some of the reasons why that's the case. Um, so let's maybe start there. I actually was thinking of going straight to Oogie Boogie Bash, but perhaps, you you know, we're going to talk about tickets and getting tickets, and sometimes it's tough to get tickets. So I don't want that to be a make or break for visiting Disneyland during the Halloween season. So you two, I think, have been there as much as I have or more during the fall and during the Halloween season uh, at Disneyland, especially because you are you're not locals, but you're close enough that you can get there and, you know, six hour drive each way or, you know, an hour flight each way. So thinking about the Halloween season, what are some reasons why you think people should consider going to Disneyland during the fall? I think one thing to also keep in mind is Oogie Boogie Bash is only at California Adventure. So Disneyland doesn't have a Halloween party itself. And they do, and I think that was a really smart move on Disney's part because uh, before COVID, they would do the Halloween party at 
uh, Disneyland and so California Adventure would just be completely empty and they didn't do a lot over there for Halloween. So everyone would flock to Disneyland and would get really, really crowded regardless of whether it was a Halloween party or not. Now they've kind of split it where they have a lot of stuff going on at Disneyland Park and then they have Boogie Boogie Bash over in California Adventure on top of um, stuff that they have in California Adventure for Halloween time regardless of whether you do the bash or not. So regardless of whether you can get into Oogie Boogie Bash, you have everything at Disneyland. So that's all the decor. If you haven't been to Disneyland, but have been to Magic Kingdom during the fall time, it's very similar, right? You have all the decorations. Uh, you have cast members that are really into it. You have special treats that you can buy. Um, and then we kind of already talked about Ghost Galaxy and Haunted Mansion Holiday. So you have overlays for some of the attractions. And so you have that kind of same atmosphere of just Halloween time. So you have a lot going on there. And then over in California Adventure, so the ride I mentioned, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Monsters After Dark, that is available also during regular park hours, but it's only available, I think it's after 5 p.m., something like that. It's in the evening only. Yeah. So whether you do the bash or not, if you go on a day where they don't have Oogie Boogie Bash, you go in the evening, you can still ride that attraction. Uh, Cars Land is completely decked out with Halloween decorations, which is a really cool site to go to. Uh, so just a lot to do just during the Halloween time. I will add to that as well and say that in addition to the decorations that they do in both parks that are great and Disneyland, especially they do a fantastic job with the Halloween decorations. And then of course the special uh, version uh, versions of, of the attractions, everything from what they do normally with space mountain as well, of course, with uh, as Brian mentioned with uh, guardians of the galaxy um, as well. In addition to that, it's just a really nice time to go to Disney to Anaheim. The weather is usually very nice. It was very quite warm when we went this year, but it normally it's it's nice and it cool. It's like the perfect temperature to go. So for that reason, from the weather standpoint, it's a really good time to go during the Halloween season. Yeah, even though it was warm when we went, I still thought it was actually perfect because the morning, especially that full day that we had at Disneyland, got up in the morning and. I wore, I think we all wore shorts and a t-shirt knowing that it's going to be, it was going up to the high eighties that day, but in the morning it was about 60 degrees and it was just cool enough that shorts and a t-shirt were like on the cool side, but not cold enough that you felt like you needed a jacket. And then in the middle of the day, it was hot and the shorts and t-shirt were still perfect. And it's a drier climate in Anaheim than it is in Orlando. So it's not like 89 at well, Disney World, where you're like, oh, it's so hot and so humid. Um, it's definitely hot in the sun in Anaheim, but in the shade in 89, it's like a perfect temperature. It's just really, really pleasant. Um, so, yeah, October, I agree. It's it's really a perfect time of year to go to Anaheim for that perfect, you know, jeans and a t-shirt let's say weather um maybe like a light coat in the uh in the morning or the evening when it's uh, when the sun goes down so uh i agree and and really brian your point about putting oogie boogie bash at california adventure i agree that's a really smart play at walt disney world we have everything kind of focused on the magic kingdom there are some elements of halloween that you can find in the other parks but it's really all concentrated in magic kingdom so it would be very similar to putting a Halloween event in Disney's Hollywood Studios, um, or you could argue in Epcot, but giving it a another reason. And if, if anyone who's been to Walt Disney World during the Halloween season, it's that same idea that you can picture you go to Magic Kingdom and everything's kind of decked out for Halloween. Not as far as Disneyland goes, but 
it still has a lot of that Halloween decor and atmosphere and the snacks to Brian's point. But then you have the other three parks don't have quite as much. So it's like putting the Halloween party in another one of those three parks um, to give another Halloween inspiration to um, to another part of of, uh, of Walt Disney World. So that's at least gives you some idea of of a reason to go during the Halloween season, because we'll talk about the planning and the logistics and the timing of Oogie Boogie Bash and when tickets go on sale. But I think it's still worth at least considering going during Halloween and maybe planning it around when Oogie Boogie Bash might have the dates announced. Um, you know, there's going to be an Oogie Boogie Bash event. And then, you know, worst case scenario, even if you don't get the tickets, um, if they sell out before you can get them, you still can go and enjoy the Halloween season at Disneyland. And it really is magnificent. Even the Grand Californian lobby had some Halloween decor um, and especially the, uh, the sort of cocoa. Um, I don't know what you would call it. It wasn't a mural. It was a like a cocoa exhibit that they put together in the lobby was really nice too. So you get that Halloween spirit no matter where you are at Disneyland and downtown Disney too. So there's a lot, a lot of reasons to go during this season. Brian brought up, uh, you know, Mickey's not so scary Halloween party at magic kingdom, which I know a lot of people are familiar with. And we've talked about it before here on the show. Oogie Boogie Bash is a little different. Um, it's got some similarities, but it, it is a little different than Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. The most obvious being the place is different than a magic kingdom, Disneyland castle park. But other than that, for someone who doesn't know Oogie Boogie Bash or has never heard of it, how would you describe some of the aspects of it that are different than Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party? Or some of the ways that it's similar, because they do have some similarities as well. I haven't done Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party in probably a decade, so I don't know changes that they've made over there. Um, for the most part, they're very similar in concept. You have... The uh, meet and greets, so you usually have uh, characters that are dressed up in costumes that are Halloween specific that you may not normally see in the regular park hours. You have the uh, treat trails that you can go down, uh, and then of course the shorter wait times. There's no lightning lane, and there's a much smaller audience, so going through the, the parks and just trying to ride the rides is a lot faster. The one difference that I don't remember that Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party has um, is in the treat trails, they actually have villains at California Adventure. So Matt, I don't know, do they have that at Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party? Not at this point. And that to me is the biggest difference is those villains at on the treat trails. Um, it definitely adds a different ambience and vibe. And it also gives you the opportunity to see some more characters in a, in a, a much more fast paced setting. Um as opposed to getting in line for a traditional meet and greet. So that really is the biggest difference. And then I think that having it at Disney California Adventure creates a different vibe for the event as well. I'd say that Oogie Boogie Bash has two different levels, neither of which is scary, but there's the very kid-friendly level of Oogie Boogie Bash, and then there's the slightly scarier version of Oogie Boogie Bash, and both coexist in the park. And I think the, um, you know, the the biggest aspect of that is probably, although that's to Brian's point before, not limited to Oogie Boogie Bash, but Monsters After Dark at Guardians of the Galaxy 
Mission Breakout is probably that one area where it sort of amplifies the spook factor a little bit. Even the, um, which we didn't get the chance to do on on this particular trip, but the Villains Grove walking trail um, over at the Redwood Creek Challenge area is also not scary, but slightly spookier. So there's, you know, you have you have these sort of two different levels that operate at the park. And, and neither of which, again, is is scary. Like this is not a Halloween horror nights. Like you're you're not going to hear people screaming at the park. You can definitely bring young kids. You can. We saw. Pl- I saw plenty of young kids, babies, all having a great time at this party. Um, you don't have to worry about anything being that terrifying. But you can go and have like a little bit more of that spook factor. Um, I think a, even a little bit more than at Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. So that's probably just like one way that it might amplify a little bit. And part of that could also have to do with the villains that are present at the events on the treat trails. Um, they, they, especially in their interaction um, with guests, can be a little bit more, you know, a little spookier than than you might find at Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. So that would be another aspect I would add to this. Absolutely. I mean, at least the ones that, that we've done, I didn't find any of them, except for the. there was one in particular that was yes. really good that I got very excited about. And also my 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 spook level is very similar to you, Matt, in many ways, maybe a little bit higher, but not by much. But, uh, you know, but even as like I, there was one in particular that I can see it being maybe a little bit frightening for kids. But even then it was not intentional. Like it was still you know, even the way that they did it was not meant to really frighten kids. You know what I mean? I don't think anything that they did at all that we've experienced was like, that was a very well, like very welcoming, even like the way that the villains portray things was like more like as, as, as a celebration, if you will, rather than trying to scare you. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I, we're going to definitely talk about some of the, the, the treat trails and the villains that we encountered. And I know exactly who you're talking about. Uh, I, you know, I have a question on here that I think I could probably answer which is when to start planning oogie boogie bash the dates were announced in march for halfway to halloween um or no that that's not in march um but they were they were announced at halfway to halloween um and the tickets went on sale so they had a little bit of a, a glitch um with the the ticket dates but they were originally announced for I think it was, you have to guys have to remind me, it was either the first week in July or the last week in June, but I know it ended up being July 11th. And I know that because I was traveling that day at that time and was planning to help get Oogie Boogie Bash tickets, but could not for that reason, um, or at least not reliably be counted on to help get tickets for Oogie Boogie Bash. <laughs> but um, I think ideally, you guys can let me know if you um, you know, have anything to add or disagree with this, but I think in the spring is really when you should be thinking about planning for Oogie Boogie Bash. The exception here is if you are planning to use, in the case of Brian and myself, Disney Vacation Club points for this particular trip, you really should be looking um, if you own at Grand Californian or the villas at Disneyland Hotel, 11 months. So November, right? Month after this episode is out, you got to start booking that trip. Um, but you still, we were lucky. We, you know, Brian was able to get the Grand Villa at the seven month window. I know that was the only thing you looked at, but did you see any other availability for deluxe studios or one or two bedroom villas at Grand Californian? Do you remember at the seven month mark? 
not for this trip. Uh, I was very, very focused on one specific yeah. room. Um, but I have booked DVC at Grand Californian in the past. I think this was the th- third time I've I've gotten a room. Um, the deluxe studios are very, very hard to get. Uh, I would say those are almost going. If you are the fastest at in the morning, you might get lucky. Um, but almost always the deluxes are going to be completely booked before the seventh month window begins. So you'd want to look at the one bedroom, two bedroom, and the grand villas are also really hard to get. We got very lucky. Uh, we wanted yeah. to go on a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night. Uh, the Monday night was booked. The Thursday night was booked. But for some reason, the Tuesday and Wednesday were both free. So we got very, very lucky there. And there are two grand villas at Grand Californian. One was already booked. This one was still available. Um the two bedrooms seem to have the best availability. One bedrooms seem to be hit or miss. Um, but the best thing to do is kind of look at it going into it. You'll have a good idea of what kind of has availability uh, just based off of the the dates. Um, Matt, to your point about when dates become available, like you said, it was halfway to Halloween where they started really talking about it. But Disney is a creature of habit usually. And they do... Um, three uh, i think it's three weeks sunday tuesday and thursday um so you you know that they're going to be doing several during the week so even if you don't know exactly what it is you can usually guess based off of what they've done historically and if not so this is what we did when we planned our trip uh i knew that if it wasn't going to be on a tuesday night there was a very good chance it would be on a wednesday night so i made sure that we were there for two nights just to kind of hedge my bets um i did predict it would be on tuesday because that's what they did the year prior and sure enough that's what they did this year as well so uh we planned and i think we'll probably talk about this a little bit more on like the planning and the timing of everything um but i i planned it for tuesday night but I had that Wednesday night kind of as a backup just in case uh, Disney decided to change things on us. Yeah, and fortunately, worst case scenario, you're going to find a room somewhere at Disneyland. Uh, you know, it, it's really under the case of wanting to use Disney Vacation Club points that you're going to have a, a difficult time if you're planning last minute for Oogie Boogie Bash. Very similar to, like, if you want to go to Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, using your Disney Vacation Club points and you want Bay Lake Tower or Polynesian or Wilderness Lodge or Grand Floridian, you have to book those at least seven months in advance because those are in high demand being so close to Magic Kingdom. Um, the same same idea here. I mean, we're talking about only two Disney Vacation Club properties at Disneyland to begin with that are, you know, and both are within walking distance to this park. So, that's really the case where you have to really plan ahead. But just anecdotally, just to check, I I looked the day before I left for this trip and there were still rooms available at the Disneyland Hotel at Paradise Pier, soon to become Pixar Place and Disney's Grand California. And you could get a room the night before at any of those hotels. Um, Is that always going to be the case? Maybe not. Uh, But even then, you have a number of good neighbor hotels that are within walking distance to choose from. So you have plenty of options in Anaheim. It's just a matter of having the top priority of where you want to stay. And again, if you want to use your points, if you're a Disney Vacation Club member, you do have to book this a little bit farther in advance and really think about it ahead of time. Um, But, you know, there's also some flexibility. So they'll definitely be announcing the dates for the event months in advance and tickets will go on sale also at least a couple of months in advance disney's 
cancellation booking window is usually very generous. So you always have that ability to change or cancel that reservation if things don't work out with usually, you know, you have to, you have to check for your particular reservation, what the details are, but in most cases, you know, especially if you're booking a room with cash a few days before you can up to a few days before you can cancel and, you know, there's no cancellation fee. So there's always that. I would always say, be the person who books as far in advance as possible, not the person who's left having to plan last minute after getting Oogie Boogie Bash tickets. So I'd say plan that hotel reservation at least, um, even before you buy those tickets, just to have it locked in place with the hope that you will get those dates. Um, let's talk a little bit about planning then. So we obviously, you know, I think the first step we actually took was, Brian, to your point, booking the the uh, the Grand Villa for those two nights at the seven-month window. Um, I booked my flights around the same time. Um, very, very early on, I booked the flights knowing that those were going to be the dates that we were going to go and knowing I could always cancel my flight and um, modify things if I needed to. But other than that, what are some of the other important elements that go into planning the trip, especially focused around this event? I would say the most important thing is more of a mindset is uh, if you're going for Oogie Boogie Bash specifically, be prepared to be disappointed and, and just don't. Um, tickets for this sold out within 11 hours. So it's and, and I know several people who I've spoken to that they wanted to go and they were online just like we were and they were not able to secure tickets. And Disney does not do resale. So you may get very, very lucky that you have people cancel and then you're able to get tickets same day. But chances are, if you're not able to get it when tickets become available, you probably will not be able to go to Oogie Boogie Bash specifically. So kind of going back to what we were talking about before, there are lots of things to do at Disney. So my recommendation is just, and this is what we did, is we tried to set ourselves up to be successful. So we knew that it would probably be on a, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. We picked a time that we thought would be not as crowded. So trying to avoid Halloween specifically, because that's usually the first day to go. And then we just had the mindset of, hey, we're going to do everything we can to get these tickets. But if we can't, we're still going to go. We're still going to have a great time. So that's and I know a number of people that have kind of done the same thing. It's try to be as successful as you can, but recognize that there's a huge demand and not enough supply. So if Disney just keeps on doing what they've been doing now, you may still have the same issues of trying to get tickets. So you may have a trip that's just to Disneyland during Halloween time, but not to Oogie Boogie Bash specifically. Yeah, and in the future, the only thing Disney can really do, because they have 25 nights already, is what they did with Walt Disney World back in the day is move the Halloween season back into August because Disneyland is still a little bit traditional in the sense that the Halloween season there starts in September and ends October 31st of that last day, November 1st. They start converting things over, especially after Dia de los Muertos. Um, so when they start sort of, you know, changing things over to now focus a little bit more towards the or get things ready for the holiday season. Um, whereas in Walt Disney World, the Halloween season now starts in August. But part of the reason why people always ask, like, oh, why why does Disney start the Halloween season in August? It's still 99 degrees outside and it still feels like summer as well because the demand for the Halloween season is so high that they want to accommodate as much as possible. And Disneyland is a locals park. And so you're also competing not just with people visiting Disneyland, but the locals who want to go to the event. And that to Brian's point, 
is another big reason why that Halloween Oogie Boogie Bash goes first. Because if you're a local in the Los Angeles area, I mean, if you want to do a Disney Halloween, you'd go to Oogie Boogie Bash on Halloween itself. So that's like a great way to uh, to actually celebrate the Halloween season and Halloween day. Uh, so that's that's about it. But otherwise, logistically, you know, tickets are available online. We got in the virtual queue. I say we, I did the first time before they then announced that they were going to be doing it another time. But I think even just an hour before the official, um, uh, you know, they always say what day and time they're going to go on sale. Um, but then you're assigned a, much like with Run Disney events, with D23 Expo, you're sort of assigned a position in line. And then when it's your turn, you can buy the tickets for whatever dates are remaining. And to Brian's point, those tickets went the same day. So your friend actually um, got in the virtual queue and sat in the queue for 11 hours. Um, they eventually gave up. Hours. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I think they let um, it run for about three or four hours and then they didn't yeah. get in. Yeah. So it, it's definitely an in-demand event. Um, we talked a little bit about where we can stay. I mean, uh, you know, we talked about the, where we stayed in particular, but there's, again, there's so many places that you can stay for the event. I'm just running through some of the, the questions in terms of planning. Um, but I think that really does cover the planning side of things. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the event. So the event itself runs from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. And they let guests in at 3 p.m. for the event. Um, so even if you are physically at the park that day, very similar to the events at Walt Disney World, you have to exit the park um, and then get back in line to at, at starting at at least 3 p.m. to then get your wristband for the party. And then starting at 6 p.m. when the park officially closes, they will start checking for wristbands and if you don't have that wristband then they're going to obviously ask you to start making your way towards the exit of the park um since you were not a part of the event that day and i did notice when we were waiting for when i was waiting for you all to finish um monsters after dark is when that changeover happened and um you know so first we had to go through a security checkpoint and show our wristbands but then you were both i think in the attraction for maybe 30 35 minutes and once it got to be like 20, 25 minutes into the event, um, cast members and security actually started doing like a sweep through the park and a line, um, sort of like forming this wall and having every guest at that point checking every wristband for every guest as they swept through. Um, so that's just a way to make sure that nobody is staggering behind and overcrowding the event and that they really do um, accommodate those who were able to get a ticket for the event itself. Um, but since the event, since you can start checking at 3 p.m., that also means you could do what we did, which was we actually did not buy a park ticket for that day. We just had the event ticket and we theoretically could have gotten into the park at 3 p.m. and then had eight hours at the park, um, you know, a few hours before the event officially started and then five hours with the event itself. Um, so, you, you know, you can choose whether or not you want to get a park ticket that day or um, even a park reservation for California Adventure for that day. But um, I think when we got into the park, I was, I think I, you know, on, on my side of the equation, I was, you know, probably an exception to this because I had flown in from New York that morning. So technically the event started at 9 p.m. New York time and ended at 2 a.m. New York time. Um, so I almost 
you know, I almost wish it were earlier because I was exhausted. But for you two coming from Pacific Mountain Time Zone, which was the same as Pacific Time Zone at that time, um, not having that same crazy like 20 hour day that I did. When do you think is the right time to enter the park? And would you recommend getting a park ticket for that day to enjoy California Adventure or Disneyland before it as well? I say it It really all depends. You know, if you're already going to be there and your whole point is to be at Disney, then sure, get a ticket. Uh, would I stick with California Adventure all day? Probably not. But then again, you're talking to someone who's been to the parks multiple times. And usually when I go, I do one day and I do both Disneyland and California Adventure in one day. So for me, being in California Adventure all day would be overkill. For some people, though, if it's your only day there or it's your only day that you're going to be at California Adventure and you want to do everything both at the park and that the party has to offer, then sure, get a ticket. Uh, for us, we knew we were going to be going to Disneyland the next day. And so just to accommodate schedules and making sure that we limited the amount of time off we had to take from work, we decided to just you know, get one ticket for the the bash and then do one day at Disneyland the next day. So it does really depend. Um, also, what do you want to get out of the uh, the bash? Like Matt said, there's a lot to do there. For us, we're not huge meet and greet people, so we didn't spend a lot of time doing the meet and greets. Actually, we didn't spend any time doing the meet and greets. We did do some of the villain trails, which go by pretty quickly. But our main focus was just to kind of enjoy the atmosphere, walk around and do the attractions. So to kind of keep things just chill, we our room wasn't ready until just after four o'clock. So by the time all of our members of the party got there and we got into the room, I think we made our way into California Adventure probably around 445, five o'clock, somewhere in that range. Uh, and we were just able to kind of walk around. We did Mickey's Fill Her Magic kind of uh, just before the, the park kind of closed because we knew it would be a super short wait. And then we actually grabbed food. So we ate during the party, which if you read any of the other kind of travel blogs that are out there, a lot of them say, don't do that. You know, eat beforehand because you're wasting time, which is true. You are wasting time. Uh, but if your point is to just kind of have a chill evening, which is what we wanted, it was great. You know, we got there uh, as people were kind of leaving the park. Um, we were able to kind of just have a leisurely dinner. But if you are trying to maximize, get there at three o'clock, get through the gates, get your wristbands, and then just start going on attractions is probably the best thing to start doing. And then if you want meet and greets, definitely do those early. They do also have a parade. I think there are two of those. Um, yeah. I think it's like seven o'clock and nine o'clock or something like that. So if if you want to maximize your time of doing everything that the party has to offer, get there as early as possible, or even potentially get a day pass for California Adventure so you can do the attractions and then you can do all the special kind of uh, villain trails and the meet and greets in the evening. Yeah, I feel like uh, just to sort of temper expectations, first of all, if you asked me three years ago if I was a meet and greet guy, I would say, eh, you know, I like meet and greets, but now I actually am a meet and greet guy. Um, definitely having Maggie in the picture, even when I'm alone, I love going to do meet and greets now. <laughs> so it's totally changed me. Um, so I'm almost I regret that I didn't do any of the meet and greets while we were there. But, um, you know, if your objective is to see California Adventure and Oogie Boogie Bash, you're not going to accomplish that at Oogie Boogie Bash. Um, even if you just want to see Oogie Boogie Bash, you're going to have a hard time seeing everything in five hours, just like any 
after hours events to see everything is very challenging to do during the event itself um, and just the limited time that you have. So um, really, if you, to Brian's point, if that's your only day at California Adventure and you do want to experience everything at Oogie Boogie Bash, I would probably plan for a full day at California Adventure with the morning and the afternoon spent actually you know, experiencing the attractions maybe take a little bit of a break and maybe you do a, although this is very non-traditional, something I would, if I would personally choose this strategy is to do a, like a three or four o'clock dinner um, where you actually sit down and enjoy a full relaxing dinner, spend an hour, hour and a half, um, maybe chill in your room for a little bit. If you're wearing a costume, get your costume on, get ready to go and then get to the park definitely before 6 p.m., and then get ready from 6 to 11 p.m. to just open up that Oogie Boogie Bash map and hit everything as much as you can on that list um, because it's going to be a marathon for the most five hours to get to everything on the list. And there's a ton that you can do at this event. Um, Mike, is there anything that you would do differently or you know, how did you feel about the arrival time for us about that 5 p.m. time that we arrived? I mean, I was fine with it. I mean, you know, it was a marathon run for us. I mean, Joe did the drive, but fortunately I wasn't even the one driving. So I just <laughs> you know, slept, but still like, you know, doing a six hour drive and then, hey, then getting to the hotel room, dropping everything off and then going into the park for several hours. That's, you know, still a lot, but it was a lot of fun. So I, no regrets. Like it was just, a, as Brian mentioned, it was just really laid back. We were very fortunate that we've been to California Adventure so many times. And we had very similar goals, which was we wanted to do the the attractions. So we took advantage of the fact that it was limited capacity and it was all decorated out. And then we we cherry picked the trails that we wanted to do. And so for me, it was even though it was a lot, it still felt very relaxed, if you, if you will, because we were moving around quite a bit, but we were not in any kind of rush. We knew that we were not going to do everything. So we just picked what we really would like to do. And then, you know, if we and then we had a bunch of would be nice is that if we had the time to do it, then great. If not, that's OK, too. So, yeah, for that purpose, I would say no regrets. I would say, though, that, again, coming uh, back to the point of the two of you made, which is what, you know, should you get a ticket ahead of time? Again, it really just depends upon what your, you know, your availability and what you want to get out of your trip while there at the same time. Case in point. You can get a Disneyland day ticket and go to Disneyland for the day and then take a break during the afternoon, grab something to eat and then do Oogie Boogie, Boogie Bash in the evening. And then again, choose to either do a combination of attractions or the trails or meet and greets or just the trails or meet and greets. But that is also another option, too, which I also why I really like that they allow you to go into the park as early as 3 p.m. because you can choose that. That's the only thing that you're going to do for the day and you'll get a you know, full eight hours to experience not only um, you to experience the park and then also in addition to that Oogie Boogie Bash, but you don't have to do that either. You can also, um, you know, you can do, you know, the first half of your day in California Adventure or in Disneyland and then the last half doing Oogie Boogie Bash. So I think that gives, just gives you a lot of options. Yeah, it's definitely the case in it. You know, again, this this kind of summarizes or our conclusion here is there's really no right answer to this, but that gives you an idea of the ways you can approach the park that day. 
Um, so let's talk a little bit about what Oogie Boogie Bash has to offer. We've sort of just scratched the surface and and talking a little bit about some of the things that are there. I know we didn't get to the meet and greets. I I would have again if I had more time, um, if I was able to go for a second day, would have loved to have done some of the meet and greets because they have some really interesting characters for those of you who love meet and greets that you can meet. Um, they had characters from Kingdom Hearts. You could meet King Mickey and friends. You can meet Bruno from Encanto. The most popular one by far is Minnie, Daisy, and Clarabelle dressed as the Sanderson sisters from Hocus Pocus. So it's a very unique meet and greet opportunity, which is why it's so popular. Um, they have Marvel superheroes throughout the day. I saw Spider-Man and Loki um, while I was there, I went to Avengers Campus maybe three times while the event was going on, and those were the only two that I saw, but I had heard of people getting the chance to meet some really like interesting and unique and rare characters during the events as well. When we walked through Cars Land, not as traditional of a meet and greet, but kind of out and you could take pictures with, where Cruz Ramirez from Cars 3 was dressed as a pirate and Red from the first film was dressed as a clown. Um, so you could go and meet some like Cars characters dressed for the... Um, for the Halloween season and their costumes. And then I know that they had, you can meet like the Sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Hood. Lotso was out right by Toy Story Mania. Captain Hook, um, Hans, which is a really interesting character to meet. Um, the old hag uh, from Snow White, uh, someone you can meet, but again, a very rare character. Hades and Meg, Merlin. There's You could probably devote an entire evening just to character meet and greets with how many there are scattered throughout the park. So that's definitely one aspect that, again, we didn't get to, um, but uh, is something that you can spend a lot of time doing at this event if that's really your speed. And I should add, since I did bring up the idea of costumes, I think we saw about a 50-50 split between costume and no costume. Would you both agree with that? Yeah, yep. agreed. Um, so you definitely can feel comfortable going in costume or not in costume. None of us went in costume. Um, I was a little bit tempted, but because I was flying in that day and didn't want to wear my costume on the plane, and I was only packing, I was only bringing a backpack with me. I was determined to fit everything I needed in one backpack. Um, I did not have room for a costume. So I did not bring a costume for this event. Also, I had a feeling I was going to be the only one dressed in costume for our group. So I didn't want to be that one odd man out. Uh, but you definitely, again, there's like a 50-50 split at this event. I think Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party is a larger split with a, a greater portion of people going in costume, maybe because it has that Halloween party name in it. Um, but definitely here, Oogie Boogie Bash, about a 50-50 split. Um, but I want to talk about the treat trails because that was my favorite part of Oogie Boogie Bash. I think it was maybe yours as well. Um, but there were 12 treat trails at Oogie Boogie Bash. We did not get to all of them. Three of them are very general, similar to what you get at Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. You just kind of walk through the trail. You pick up some candy um, or they hand you some candy and then you're just on your way. But nine of them feature villains. And I was a little bit concerned, to be honest, when I first saw the line that, oh, this is going to be like, you know, 10, 15 minutes. But these lines move. I think it was no, I didn't wait more than what, four or five minutes in any given treat trail. And that's when you like deceivingly, I think even the the uh, Yoke one, we were um, like, we we're all saying, oh, my goodness, this is all the way back from San Francisco, San Francisco, all the way back to the entrance to Radiator Springs Racers. But it was under five minutes we were at the the villain um and then through the the treat trail so it's it's really uh, they move really fast um so that's one of them they also had mother gothel 
Judge Doom, Oogie Boogie, Madame Mim, Ernesto de la Cruz, Sid, Agatha from, um, oh my goodness, uh, WandaVision, Cruella. And that was it. That's the nine of them. Um, so what were your impressions of the treat trails? And Mike, maybe I'll turn this one over to you because I think I know you have one favorite in particular. Ask I do. I, I actually, I wasn't sure how I would, how would I would enjoy those because I'm more of an attractions person in general. And, you know, and I also don't really eat candy too much these days, but I, but I definitely wanted to do it. And there was one in particular that I really wanted to do when I knew about the villains. The other ones would be, oh, this would be really nice to do. But there was one in particular that I really, there's no question. Um, so the ones that, because you, Matt, were able to do more than we did because we were going on some of the attractions um, that you can't do. And then you went off and did some other. Well, I also chose to prioritize Oogie Boogie Bash and sets that I really right. was there for. <laughs> right. Um, so for me, I really did like the trail for Ernesto. And I, I actually will. Can I talk about some of my favorite moments? Yeah. Okay. So some of my favorite moments was we were on the uh, trail for Ernesto, which is right by the uh, Hyperion Theater. And it was and I also like that, too. Like it was just designed basically as a queue. And then you basically had these stations that you get different snacks and candy. And but you also had a great view of Ernesto. And what I really liked was the fact of how interactive uh, the character Ernesto was with the audience. And one in particular moments was when we all walked up there, there were two guests that were dressed as pop stars. And so he interacted with them and then actually got them to perform with him with, uh, for the song Remember Me and his version of Remember Me, which was fan which was also very creepy rendition of Remember Me. And that was fantastic. I love that so much. I love when when the characters get to interact with the uh, the guests in that particular way. So I really appreciated that. That was a lot of fun. So that was definitely a top moment for me. And then we also did um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Callahan from uh, Big Hero Six, I believe. Um, yes. Or you can rather than a spoiler alert. Um, but <laughs> it's well, they, that's how they they actually didn't present him as Callahan. They presented him as as, as Yuki. Yeah. Right. OK, so Yuki, my bad. So you may or may not be <laughs> who may or may not be Callahan if you haven't seen the movie yet. So anyway, um, <laughs> it's uh, like presenting that... Captain America, but not Steve Rogers. It's like that's... exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, who who are you talking about? Wait, Steve Rogers, Captain America. Um <laughs> So anyway, uh, that was great, too. I thoroughly enjoyed that. But the one that I really wanted to do if I if if we had time to do it was Judge Doom. And for me, that was because it was such a deep cut of, of a Disney film to have him featured. And he if you want to talk about uh, creepy villains. I would say that would definitely be on. Top. Actually, that might even top Frollo. I'm not going to lie. That might actually top Frollo. So that was that was really well done. I thought that not only was the character great, like very much honing in Christopher Lloyd, like it was he, you know, the the um Judge Doom was was really good and really had fun with the with the guests. So that alone was well worth it. But the the way that they decorated the entire trail was actually really well done. It was very detailed. And I, I don't want to necessarily give all of it away, but they had a lot of references to who framed Roger Rabbit. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, 
canisters of turpentine dip like all over and like even the mood lighting like everything was really well done like i think they really went to town with with that particular trail um especially in comparison to some of the other ones where they had where the where the character was was all decorated most of the rest of the trail was not where the the judge doom one they really had some decorations um that were a part of that trail leading up to him so that i really appreciated Brian, what did you think of the treat trails that we saw? I, I totally agree with Mike. I wasn't sure what to expect because uh, I was thinking, you know, Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. So you kind of just walk through you get candy and that's it. So I was kind of thinking the same thing like, oh, there's going to be a villain there. And that's about it. You just walk through. Um, the first one we did was Ernesto de la Cruz. And like Mike said, he was really interacting with the audience, those two guest members uh, in particular. And that was just really, really cool to see that. Uh, and then Judge Doom was just awesome for all the reasons Mike mentioned. Yeah. So to give you an idea of how quickly you can do these treat trails, especially if you plan them accordingly, while the group went on Web Slingers, I hit up three. And by the way, this Web Slingers was a walk on, right? You guys like basically walked right. The three the walk on, yeah. um, so we're talking about 15, 20 minutes tops. Um, I did three treat trails during that time and caught a glimpse of the headless horseman at the um the parade or you know sort of kicking off the uh the parade so you really can get a lot done if you plan it out especially if you go from one to the next if you don't care to really sit there there were some that I sort of stayed and and just watched I think judge doom we sort of stood there for three four or five minutes just hearing the interaction and the banter. I was joking with Mike on the way there. I wonder if he's going to talk about shaving a haircut. And sure enough, right, he talked about the shaving a haircut and he was sort of instigating the audience to figure out who was a tune um, by, by because uh, no tune can resist the old shaving a haircut. Um, so there's some really, to Mike's point, like if you haven't seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you're like, what is Matt talking about? There's some real deep cut references that come straight from the film. Um, he made fun of... Uh, some characters from another uh another studio that mm -hmm. uh cat and mouse what are their names tim and johnny they're tim and johnny <laughs> <laughs> that was great yeah. um so... somebody made a mention to something about the disneyland park as well and like he was having fun with that too if i remember yeah. <laughs> like he really did a, like like judge doom did a great like great wonderful wonderful job and like and the thing too is like the guests are really you know having fun with them too and that was what was also really enjoyable like they were really they were teasing him like that was it was and i was and he really did a good job like working with that so uh i really appreciated that too that was that was that was also what was really fun about it like they they were they were egging him like even with the shave and a haircut like people were responding back and he, he was saying like who said that and yeah so it was just a great <laughs> interaction the whole way through um so the three that i saw that you that uh, none of you saw um, since you were doing web slingers were Cruella. Um, I actually walked through Cruella pretty quickly. When I visited Cruella, she was not entirely active. There was not a very long, it was kind of like sporadic guests walking through. So um, she was kind of walking back and forth and striking a pose and very much in character, but not a lot of banter with the guests because there weren't a lot of guests to banter with. But um, someone did say like oh you look beautiful and she's like very clever of you to notice you know you're very or she said uh she said oh thank you you're very clever um 
So like just the atmosphere, the setup for it was felt like a fashion show. It was the, I should specify the live action Cruella, not the um, original animated Cruella de Vil. So we're talking about a different version of the character that you could go and see that you normally can't. Um, So that was one. Oogie Boogie was the second one. I had to go and visit Oogie Boogie at Oogie Boogie Bash. So he was over at, um, he was in Hollywoodland in one of, I think the animation building. Um, The setup for it, I have to admit, the one thing that I was intrigued by that I almost wish was done differently was the lighting. Um, There wasn't a lot of lighting because you picture Oogie Boogie in Nightmare Before Christmas and it's dark and there's a lot of black light and it has that um, kind of creepy vibe. And maybe that's why they didn't want it to be too creepy for kids because it was right next to Mickey's Trick and Treat um, at the Disney Junior Theater. So I guess they didn't want kids walking in and being a little too creeped out by Oogie Boogie. Uh, But it was very like it was traditionally lit in there. But they did have the uh, his um, his wheel behind him as a prop. Very like a really great character interaction as well the voice i mean it was it was oogie boogie here it was like spot on oogie boogie it was just like he stepped right out of the film um and then the third one which i really enjoyed was agatha harkness and this was in avengers campus right across from web slingers and the here the lighting was really it, this is where um the doctor strange experience normally happens um so it's like the just the the light fixtures that are there and the ambience is really cool but normally that backdrop where they have the um you know sort of dr strange's portal um instead of that they had the the sort of red and blue um i can't remember what it's called in wandavision but that's uh i can't think of what it's called do either of you remember from wandavision the the backdrop for the town you mean the hex? The hex. Thank you. I couldn't think of what it was called. So you could see the hex effects. Thank you, Mike. Maybe one of you would remember. Um, the hex effects you could see um, sort of in the backdrop there. And really like a really fun character interaction as well. Um, so you can actually sit and chat with the villains for a little bit. They try to make sure that not many people do that because then you kind of hold up the treat trail and there's a lot of people trying to move through. But you can definitely have some great banter. And I saw plenty of guests interacting directly with these characters. And every single time it was like talking directly to the person from that show or that film. Um, so it was they all of them really spot on character interactions, which was really great to see for an event like this. Um, so that was the main thing I definitely wanted to make sure we talked about that was a little bit different were the treat trails. I mentioned the meet and greets. We talked a little bit about... Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Monsters After Dark, which you can experience at the event or not at the event. Um, they also, for the um, Cars Land Halloween, um, they also have Mater's Graveyard Jamboree and Luigi's Honkin' Halloween. Um, so it's like very in theme for that. So Cars Land, to Brian's point earlier, is really decked out. They do have, we did not even walk back to beyond Toy, between Toy Story Mania and... Um, really Ariel's undersea adventure. I think we did not go back at that area at all. So we didn't see Sid, which was one of the treat trails that uh, I kind of wish I had actually gone over to see. Cause I know Sid is really interesting. Um, and also that's where you have the Plaza de la Familia um, over by Goofy's sky school, sort of celebrating Dia de los Muertos. And they have the musical celebration of Coco, um, which usually is during the day, but um, that's something you can see over there as well. Is there anything I'm missing 
we talked, I mentioned Villains Grove, the walking trail, and there you can have, you can sort of get, you know, experiences with Frollo Sanctuary. They have um, an area that's dedicated to Maleficent, one that's dedicated to Cheshire Cat, Queen of Hearts, Scar, Dr. Facilier, um, the Evil Queen, and for Brave, the Home of the Wisps is another area. Um, and then I also highlighted or just mentioned briefly that Mickey's Trick and Treat, if I had Maggie with me, this is exactly where we would have gone. It's in the Disney Junior Theater. So you have Mickey and friends sort of hosting a costume party. It's different. Like there's dancing. Um, it's offered five times throughout the night up until 9.30 p.m. as the last showing. So very appropriate for kids sort of focused on the earlier side of the evening. Once it crosses 9.30, you're not going to see um, any more of the Disney Junior events. Um, obviously, food and snacks and all other photo pass. There's like a lot of events and experiences you can get that are part of Oogie Boogie Bash. Is there anything that I'm missing? You guys did a ton of attractions in the time that we were there. The longest wait was 45 minutes, maybe? Yeah, for Radio Springs Racers. Yeah. yeah. yeah Not surprising. That ride is always very popular. And it actually went down twice during the event. So that also added to the, to the standby queue because anyone who was in line at that time or who was on the attraction when it broke down, was going to get a lightning lane to come back and experience it again. So that did amplify the way. But even when we went, it said 50 minutes. We ended up waiting 15, 20. It was a very short wait. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, Toy Story Mania was also about 20, 30, if I remember correctly. So Toy Story yes. Mania was a little bit longer. But Radio Springs, I mean, what was that? I think that was also still 20, 30, even though... Um, it's projected. It was like, much less than the posted wait time. I think yeah. posted was 45 and it was about 20 minutes. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say that the wait times fluctuate a lot during the uh, the party. So definitely pay attention to the app and kind of have a game plan of what you want to do. Uh, we were able to do Monsters After Dark and it was like a 15 minute wait. Web Slinger was a walk on and Credit Coaster was a walk on. Soren was a walk on. So you definitely can get rides where there's absolutely no wait whatsoever. Yeah. Also, mind the parade. Yes. Mind, definitely mind the parade is another big one, too. So Brian was really good about that because there are certain areas that you might be a lot more challenging to get to once the parade's happening. And again, depending upon if you want to experience the parade or not, we chose to do the attractions over the parade. But in that case scenario, you know, there are certain parts of California Adventure that are much harder to go to based upon the parade trail. So just being keeping that in mind as well, that that the lines for the attractions like uh usually will go down during the parade just like you know normally you would have in the park but in addition to that as well being aware that it might be a challenge to get to certain sections of the park when the parade's happening yeah and every attraction operates during oogie boogie bash i can't think of a single attraction that was closed during the event so if the attraction is your focus um well first of all i would say just buy a park ticket <laughs> instead of going to Oogie Boogie Bash. But if um if you do want to hit the attractions, at least a few of your favorite attractions while you're there, you'll find that because there is so much that is offered at the Oogie Boogie Bash event itself. And again, it is a locals park. A lot of locals go to experience the Oogie Boogie Bash events themselves that you'll find the attractions generally don't have the long wait times again, except for those most popular ones that everyone says, well, while we're here, we might as well hit up Radiator Springs Racers or... um. I guess Toy Story Mania were the two the two most popular, um, and and then of course Monsters After Dark. Um, I know when you both did it, it was sort of like at the start time when it when it just converted or switched over to Monsters After Dark. When we went 
later, I think I saw the queue to jump past 30 minutes for most of the evening because obviously people did want to experience that attraction. But um, yeah, and then for those who are interested in seeing and, and do prioritize the parade, they do offer this two show time. They start at Silly Symphony Swings over at um, Pixar Pier and then wind their way over past San Francisco um, and past the entrance to Cars Land, down um, past Carthay Circle Theater, through Hollywood Land. They make a right turn and they sort of exit through the backstage area just to the left of the Guardians of the Galaxy building. Um, and if you do want to get a great view, they do have dessert parties and dinner packages that you can purchase as part of the Oogie Boogie Bash event, much like they offer at a lot of the after hours events um, at Walt Disney World as well. Which honestly, if I was going to, if I'm, was, I'm, I'm usually not as much of a parade person, but if I was, I would probably take advantage of it because I did see like these tables like right there and having that not only that guarantee of a really good spot for for experiencing the parade but in addition to that as well having a place to sit down and just relax and have a dessert you know to me that that sounds well worth it yeah i having done some dessert parties myself they're always fantastic the view that you get the the sort of like lowered stress of not having to get there super early because you have that dedicated spot for you and then getting food as a part of that too it's just a really great way to experience a show like this so highly recommend doing checking out um those offerings if it is of interest to you i feel like we covered a lot of ground for what is offered here without getting into too many of the specific stories but just enough to kind of tease out what is offered um at this event wrapping things up um kind of to two we'll start with one question um or you know i'll make it a two-part question um why should someone consider visiting disneyland and doing oogie boogie bash and if you could do it differently what would you do differently i'll start with mike i'm gonna start with me okay fine um, you're the repeat guest the most, so I, oh, that's true. <laughs> and you host your more, own podcast. I should be more prepared, right? <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> just go, uh, just go. <laughs> oh man! So, um, for me, uh, as far as in general doing Oogie Boogie Bash, uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I it's it, it definitely requires a lot of planning, so. It's one of those things where this was obviously something very truly special because of my brother. Um, but, you know, so it does require a lot of planning ahead of time. So if you really want to do it, you definitely want to plan um, ahead of time and have some good people on your side to help out, uh, which uh, are all present in this podcast, because uh, it does help when you have multiple people that are involved. So I will put it that way. But uh, having said that, I definitely would like to experience again sometime in, in the future. And the reason why is because, as you mentioned, is that there is so much that is going on during Oogie Boogie Bash. And that even if we were just dedicated to Oogie Boogie Bash itself would be a lot to do in a in a single run. It's possible from what I've seen, but it definitely would have been a lot to do. But this was also something that was beyond just even Oogie Boogie Bash for us. And that was also because celebrating, you know, brian and his you know and you know with his bachelor you know with going out there and just celebrating my brother so 
for that reason, it was more than just even Oogie Boogie Bash. And so I would say if I was going to go back, I would probably experience more of the, you know, doing more of the treat trails and the meet and greets. I would say uh, would what I would do. I, I want to say di differently. This was because this was a different purpose is that if I was going to go again, I would put more of an emphasis on those because I thought I end up enjoying those more than uh, I expected and also realizing that you can go through them relatively quickly. I think that was the other thing too, is that I felt that we had to really cherry pick and choose because of the lines. Now realizing how fast they go, I would try to experience more of those uh, the next time around. Yeah. And just to specify when it came to planning, I did nothing. This was all Brian. So. <laughs> yeah, it's all. It, it was, I just I, showed I tried, up. I was trying. I was trying to be very political here and, and include. Normally, everybody. normally Brian and I tag team on Disney trips, but this was all Brian. I take none of the credit for this one. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay. No, in all fairness, though, we were all involved from the beginning of trying to plan it out. It was just like for timing yes. purposes. It kind of, at the end of the day, Brian was the one who pulled through on all of it. Like you would just happened to be a uh, circumstance, especially for the tickets. That the tickets out. for sure. Yeah, tickets for yeah. sure worked out that way. I, I will say for the planning side of things, is it's kind of interesting. So one of my favorite things about doing Oogie Boogie was the lack of planning while we were there. So yes, it was a lot of planning up front. Uh, and that was mostly just making sure we could get our tickets. Um, but we we did a lot of planning up front on, okay, how are we getting there? Where are we staying? Getting our tickets and all that. But once we were through the turnstiles, then everything was able to kind of just go freely. We didn't have to worry about getting lightning lane reservations. We weren't able – we didn't have to worry about any of that. Uh, we did have to worry about mobile order. Um, Mike and I went to Disneyland right after D23, and we're like, oh, we're just going to go to Lucky Fortune. And we went for mobile order, and they're like, nope, no more mobile orders. And we looked at the line, and the line was all the way through, uh, well, what is now San Francisco Square. So we made sure that we had our mobile order ready to go uh, to kind of ease that. But otherwise, that was the only planning we had to do. So Matt, to answer your question of what did I really like about it and what would I do differently? The thing that I really, really liked was I we didn't have to worry about Lightning Lane. We could do any of the rides we wanted to. Most of them had short waits. And if a ride did seem to have long waits, you just pivot, do something else. And then later on, that ride would uh, have a shorter wait time. For people who want to do repeat rides, so especially for rides like Incredicoaster or Soarin' or stuff like that, or Web Slingers, um, if you want to do rides over and over and over again, this is a great opportunity to do that because they are walk-ons, so you don't have to worry about lightning lanes and you know being limited to just one a day. You can just keep on going on and on and on. Um, what I would do differently agreed on the uh, villain trails. Um, we did three of them. Two of them were phenomenal. The one with Yokai was okay it was kind of cool but i think for the most part there just wasn't a lot of interaction but i would have loved to have seen some of the other ones uh we were there with the larger group so the priority was getting on those rides and kind of appeasing most people uh, we went with I, I would say a 50 50 group half of us really really loved disney uh, a couple of people had never been to disney before so i didn't want to be like oh yeah we're gonna go see these random disney characters that you probably have absolutely no idea who they are uh so we did uh, mostly rides for this one. Um, if I went back, which I, I would consider going back, I would do more of the villain trails um, and enjoying those. Yeah. And of course, I mean, this is the same thing for me. I mean, I went with the intention of of going with this group and, and being a part of this group. And then there were many cases where I decided not to be a part of the group and go do my own thing um, because there was so much I wanted to see. 
at um at Oogie Boogie. And to Brian's point, really, this was the only day and half day we had at California Adventure with some people who had never been before. So there was a huge priority on also getting to the attractions. Um, but I I really enjoyed the treat trails. I just counted on the map that I brought home. There are 35 things listed on here that are unique treat trails, photo opportunities, um, events, and shows. So if you think about having five hours with 35 things to do, that means you have to hit seven an hour to actually get to everything. And that doesn't include the attractions. Um, that's just specific to Ookie Boogie Bash and just what's on the list, <laughs> not things that are not on the list too, that include the the snacks you can get and the treats and all other kinds of things. Um, if you want to eat, if you want to take a break, you know, those are things that have to be baked into there as well. Um, so I think just for the treat trails alone, I would come back. It was definitely my favorite part of this event. And, um, you know, if I want to say I would do anything differently because I was very happy I did the way things the way that we did them for the purposes of this trip. Um, but if I were to come back specifically just for Oogie Boogie Bash, um, I would probably do less of the attractions, more of the Oogie Boogie Bash offerings. Also, especially going back, if I were to take Maggie and Joanna with me, I would absolutely hit up those meet and greets um, and have some really unique and rare meet and greet opportunities that are present throughout this event. Uh, so those are a few things I would do differently as well. But overall, well worth going to this event and considering adding to your next Disneyland trip itinerary. Um, anyway, I think we covered pretty much everything. So Mike, Brian, I want to thank you both so much for joining me on our discussion of Oogie Boogie Bash, and maybe we'll plan to do this again sometime soon. Hopefully. I absolutely. love it. Welcome back to Imagination Central. I sincerely hope you enjoyed this conversation about Oogie Boogie Bash. I want to thank Mike and Brian for joining me in this episode and for joining me at the event itself. It was such a blast to be able to attend Oogie Boogie Bash with the two of them and with the extended group that we had at this experience as well. Now, I, of course, do want to turn this conversation over to you and ask what your favorite Halloween experience is at the Disney parks, and especially if you've visited Oogie Boogie Bash before, what you love most about this Disneyland event. You can submit your answers and join the conversation by finding Imagination Skyway on social media. The best places are on Instagram and in our Facebook group. Both search for Imagination Skyway or head to imaginationskyway.com. I've got links to you for all of those social media locations and more on our website. So it makes it real easy for you to find us on any social media channel. If you don't already subscribe to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast app. And if you love the show, and if you're listening on any podcast app, and especially on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, I would encourage you to leave us a rating and a review in that app. It really does go a long way to help the show out, and I'm very grateful for our nearly five-star average rating in both of those places. It really helps to encourage other listeners to 
try the show if they haven't listened to it before and it increases our relevance in those app stores so really goes a long way to help this show out and if you want to take your love of imagination skyway to the next level and unlock bonus content i would encourage you to check us out in two different places first of all you can subscribe to our premium content on instagram directly on the instagram page just head straight to our account page imagination skyway hit subscribe you can join and cancel at any time posting a lot of bonus content there for our listeners to enjoy and i would encourage you to try it out if it's something that you're interested in and as always our patreon group which you can go to the patreon app or to patreon.com and search for imagination skyway there or just head to imaginationskyway.com slash community. This gives you some more podcast-focused bonus content, including bonus podcast episodes, a library of binaural audio, including some new recordings from this past Disneyland trip. I now have about 90 binaural audio scenic recordings that you can stream anytime on demand whenever you like from my visits to both Walt Disney World and to Disneyland and hopefully soon to Disneyland Paris. We'll see uh, for you to enjoy, plus lots of other bonus content that is available. You can see what is available and try a, a free trial for seven days for free. You get access to everything, no strings attached, just by heading to Patreon and signing up there which you can learn more directly on Patreon. And of course, depending on when you're listening to the show, the terms and conditions for both of these subscriptions are subject to change since uh, this podcast should remain active for a long time. And some of those uh, perks and benefits and topics might have changed since we last recorded this episode. In either case, the last thing I want to remind you, as always, is to go after your hopes, your dreams, your goals, whatever it is that you are thinking of doing in life. And in particular, this month, I'm really realizing more than ever, and this year more than ever, that life is just way too short, and we really need to do whatever we can to create our own happiness. And that sometimes means trying things, taking risks, doing things that are new and scary and different, but that can help lead us to something even greater. I'm being broad here because it applies to so many different areas of life. I would encourage you to take that trip you've always wanted to take or to start that business that you've been dreaming of or to take that class that is something you've always been curious to learn a little bit more about. Whatever that next step is, take that time and that investment in yourself to make those dreams a reality. Thank you so much for riding aboard Imagination Skyway. And remember, if we can dream it, we can do it.